So I've been talking about how John the Baptist in his life is actually foreshadows what the end time church is going to look like. His ministry is a, is a foreshadowing of the end time church. And there was five characteristics of, of his ministry. One was intercession and worship. He was carried the spirit of Elijah that prepared the first coming of Jesus. The, the end time church will carry the spirit of Elijah according to Malachi 4 to prepare the way again for the second coming of Jesus. But John, he, he was an intercessor and he worshiped. He, part of the reason he was out in the desert is because he gave himself to, to worship and intercession. Holiness and righteousness was another hallmark of his life. The two, the two things we're going to look at this morning are his, the sacrificial offerings, a radical generosity and giving lifestyle. You know, sometimes, you know, if, if you hear somebody talking about, you know, a hard, uh, you know, scenario or even in, you know, the book of Revelation, I was telling, I can't remember who I was telling it this week. Everything's going to happen in the book of Revelation. So whether we're here or not, we don't know. But if there is something to happen again in America, like if we had another Great Depression or just some kind of national catastrophe, I had years ago somebody asked me, if it's like, should we hoard things, like store up things? I was like, you, it's fine to hoard up stuff as long as you give it to your neighbor when they need it. Because that's what we're going to be called to do. We may, we may have a loaf of bread, and our neighbor needs a loaf of bread. And the Lord may say either, like, give, it, give half of it or give all of it to your neighbor. And we have to trust him because we're the, we're the ones that know the Lord, right? And we're the ones that trust him. It's like, God, you multiplied bread before. You do it again. You haven't changed. And I think I was telling Greg, I was like, you know, we have enough land on our pro property to, to make a garden in that kind of scenario. And uh, I just think these, I just think about these things. I don't know why, but I was like, what if, you know, if I had neighbors kind of invading my garden at night, stealing produce, what I would do is I'd go to my neighbors and I'd say, listen, I saw you stealing out my garden last night. You don't have to steal. Just ask me. I'll give it to you. Because I just believe we're going to come and there is, there is going to be times where we're going to have supernatural provision like that. Or maybe you pick all the tomatoes off, you hand them to your neighbor, and you turn around, there's tomatoes right back on the vine. And when the Lord grows it, they're going to be real good tomatoes. And so... Um, But that's, it's that kind of radical generosity and giving, a spirit of repentance, a turning of hearts, and then the prophetic spirit's the other thing I want to kind of zoom in on. But greed is, the, is a hallmark of the spirit of the world. Habakkuk chapter 2, which talks about shaking, that, the, that God will shake everything that can be shaken, it's, and it's echoed in, in Hebrews chapter 12, about God shaking everything that can be shaken. It said, moreover, wine is a traitor, an arrogant man who is never at rest. His greed is as wide as Sheol. Like death, he, he never has enough. 
He gathers for himself all nations and collects as his own all peoples. And so it's saying greed is never satisfied and it, it will keep trying to extend itself into all the nations, meaning greed is out to oppress the nations. It doesn't matter if you're under its thumb and you're oppressed. And, you know, we, uh, some friends last night, we were talking about some places in the Middle East where they, where they do construction and they hire out these, real, these men from real poor countries who they're not signing liability waivers. They don't have health care insurance. They, they're, if they, and they're doing super dangerous work. And if they die, they're just like, oh, we'll just go get another guy. It doesn't matter. Like nobody ever remembers that guy that died. And it's, they're just hired, paying, paid in cash, $5 a day, something, you know, barely making a living. But they're so poor that they're, they're viewed as expendable. And that's what greed does. It doesn't value human life. It values money over human life. And so uh, in Luke 12, it says, Beware and be on your guard against every form of greed. Different forms of greed. <laughs> you can be poor and be greedy. You can be rich and be greedy. For not even when one has an abundance does his life consist of his possessions. I think, was it Job that said, naked I came from my mother's womb, naked I will depart? He may have said, he may have said naked. I said naked. And so, but naked, we're not, we're not taking anything with us, but only the things that are of the kingdom of God, everything else will be burned up, left behind, whatever. And so um, we want to build the Lord's kingdom. So what does Jesus say about John the Baptist in regards to money and possessions? He said, what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. But what did you go out to see? A prophet. Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet. So it says, John, he had camel's hair, a leather belt, ate locusts and honey. And I'm not saying that we're to imitate this life. Hey, go grab you a burlap sack after a church today and a leather belt and then go start preaching on the corner. I'm not saying that, but what I'm saying is John, he, he made sacrifices. Prophets actually, Jesus, his robe was actually a nice robe. It was, it had a hem on it, which was the sign of like a prophet and a priest. All right. And so prophets usually had decent clothes. Some of them didn't. But anyways, my point is John made sacrifices. And there's just going to be times where the Lord asks us to give and it's going to, it will cost us something. It will just, and the only thing it's going to cost you is something you can't hold on to anyways in the end, in the end scheme of things. We can't take it with us. It's temporal this world's temporal. When we live from an eternal perspective, we get the right perspective. Moving on to uh, the prophetic spirit. So Zechariah chapter 10, 12. So um, I believe there's a prophetic spirit coming on the church, even on the church that has yet to believe that there is such a thing as prophecy. Because if you're faithful even if you're just faithful to declare the word of the Lord, 
you'll prophesy by default because it's the word of the Lord, right? Zechariah chapter 12 says, And I will pour on the house of David and, the, and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. Then they will look on me whom they have pierced. Yes, they will mourn for him as one mourns for his only son and grieve for him as one grieves for a firstborn. And so I, I really believe we're going to see this promise in Zechariah 12. It's the spirit of grace and supplication. There's going to be a grace for intercession. There's going to be a grace, like I felt this morning, I just, I just felt like there was fresh oil for us to go deeper in intimacy with the Lord. You know, it takes God to love God, right? We got to, did you, did you have the righteous decision to follow Jesus Christ and give him your life? It says, you, we're, there's no one righteous, no, not one. And so God even gave you like the grace to choose him. And so it takes God to love God, but I believe there's a spirit of grace and supplication coming on the church, and there's out of the place of worship, we're going to be given the gift of tears. John, he said he was the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, and when I envisioned that, I envisioned that he was not only like yelling, repent for the kingdom, but he was, there was tears involved. There was tears. How many of y'all, I mean, who... When you see somebody crying and it's, and it's this earnest and sincere, sincerity behind it, people are attracted to that. I think sometimes people think John the Baptist was the Tate Center preacher. And he's just like, repent. And he's got his finger like this. He's doing this. But John, he's, his heart's ripped open to the Lord. And he's saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is, and it, it, it is at hand. And they're sensing the mercy of God on John's life. That this is the mercy of God to come and repent and be saved from your evil ways. And so, there, I want you to repeat after me. I want you to say, I am an intercessor. All right, and this is coming from somebody who said, who has spoken out loud, God, I'm not an intercessor, I'm a preacher. Because I listen to the Lord, I pray to the Lord, but you, we have this picture of the, the old grannies in the corner. That's the ancestor. And they can pray all day and all night. But it says in Hebrews 7 that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. Who's living inside of you? The intercessor. And this is what's going to mark, this is, I'm telling you, it's going to come on you and you're going to be like, how am I praying like this? I never thought I could pray like this. God's given, he's teaching us how to pray. But the Lord told me, I mean, I repented to the Lord for that. I was like, Lord, I repent for saying I'm not an intercessor because that's not true. I am an intercessor. I also told the Lord I, I wasn't a youth pastor. Guess what happened? became a youth pastor. I also told the Lord, I'm not a church planner. Guess what happened? Plan a church. So if you, whatever you, you know, try to trick the Lord and tell him like what you really want to do, but let's, God, I don't save millions of souls. I don't do that. <laughs> yes. You know, then he anoints you to save millions of souls. So 
we will become a voice and the voice of one that carries the message of God and the heart of God. I want you to turn to Psalm 29. And this is what a voice looks like. This is one of my favorite psalms. It's about the voice of the Lord. But listen to what the voice is and does. Ascribe to the Lord, O sons of the mighty. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Worship the Lord in holy array. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord is over many waters, and many waters and the Bible represents humanity, can represent humanity. So the voice of the Lord is over all of humanity. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is majestic. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. Yes, the Lord breaks in pieces the cedars of Lebanon. The cedars of Lebanon were these majestic, awe-inspiring trees and Oftentimes, these trees and other trees, oftentimes, not all the time, but, but many times, they represent the pride of man. High and lofty things, mountains, hills, trees, they represent the pride of man, the things that men exalt. And right here it says, the voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. He breaks the pride of the man. It takes, all it takes is one word from the Lord to break us out of that prideful place. When, when the Lord called you to receive him as Lord and Savior, what his voice did is it broke you out of that prideful place. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord brings you joy and it brings you strength. This picture of skipping, have it, I dare you to try skipping and be in a bad mood. I dare you to, to skip and be grumpy. I'm serious. Try it. See if you go skip somewhere and just see if you can stay like, mm. go skip. And you'll, you'll see it's, it's the joy of the Lord. So that here, I mean, skipping takes energy. It's talking about joy, and the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so the voice of the Lord, when he speaks one word, it infuses joy into us. Jesus said, these words I've spoken that your joy may be made full. So the end result of God's word, even when the, the word is a correction, the end result that God wants from his word is to bring you joy. The end result. It's part of his kingdom the voice of the Lord hews out flames of fire it purifies us the voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh the voice of the Lord it shakes out the wilderness thinking out of us when the when the Egypt, the Israelites had fled Egypt and they're wandering around in the 
in the in the desert in the wilderness there's just complaining and grumbling and more complaining and more grumbling and then idolatry and all these things with what the voice of the lord does is it shakes out the grumbling when he's when his truth comes and it invades your life it gives you the right perspective and and whenever god speaks when he truly speaks to you what you end up saying is thank you jesus thank you lord thank you thank you so his voice shakes out the wilderness that's in our hearts the voice of the lord makes the deer to calf the lord bursts things in us he creates the new thing in us through his voice it strips the forest bare again letting us boast in our weakness and in his temple everything says glory when the word of the lord comes to you your spirit leaps your heart rejoices and you th you're glorifying the lord the lord sat as king at the flood yes the lord sits as king forever the lord will give strength to his people the lord will bless his people with peace there's so many scriptures where it talks about the lord he sits as king there's a flood right now in our nation, right? 2020 has been a flood of all kinds of things. He sits as king over the flood. And what 2020 has done, it has been a prophetic number because what it's done is it's exposed everything, almost everything. There's still stuff being <laughs> revealed, but it's been just a great year of exposing things. And the good thing about exposure is you see it and you can turn from it or turn to it. But it's getting rid of deception. It's getting rid of darkness. And it's unifying the church, actually. That is what I believe God's doing in this hour, even though the church is divided on some fronts. And so John... His main message was he had an understanding of the holiness of God. He had, he had an understanding of the depravity of man. And he also had an understanding of the divine love that spans the gap between those two things. The holiness of God, the depravity of man, and God's love, violent love that bridges the gap between those two. And that's what the church, that's the message that the church is going to carry. We're going to carry the violent love of God that's confrontive in nature. And Jesus said, until the days of John the Baptist up till now, the kingdom of heaven, heaven suffers what? Suffers violence. And violent men take it by force. Violence is disruptive. That's what it means. It's, disru it's disruptive. It's intense. It's spiritual intensity. And it can, and so spiritual violence is uh, giving God permission to disrupt our life. That's all it is. Like my friend Joel Goddard, who did push ups in a service one time, he, he actually told me about a vision of a woman seeing him with this sash that said violent. But he didn't really want to do push-ups in the aisle because he was going to look like a fool. 
He did push-ups, got back in the, in the pew, and was just like, Lord, I don't like you very much right now. And then there was a man in the back who came down, made a decision for Christ, and they said, Brother, tell us, why'd you come down? He said, well, my wife's been asking me to go to church for 30 years. And I told her, I said, if I go tonight, will you never ask me again? And she said, I'll never ask you again. So he sat in the back, and he's like, God, only way I'm going to believe you're, is, you're real is if somebody gets in the aisle and does push-ups. So he saw Joel doing it. And, the, and this is the other thing. Joel started doing push-ups. He tried to fake a kowtow, which is face down, and then he did one push-up. So Joel was, you know, he wasn't even like, just get, he wasn't even getting after it. But a guy across the aisle saw Joel, and he started doing this. One, two, three. Everybody in the church went. So everybody saw Joel. Are you, I think about this, is like, are we willing to be made a fool for one, for one person to spend eternity in heaven? It's a low cost. It's a temporary cost. Joel was probably not embarrassed two hours later. So it's better to be believing than unbelieving. It's better to be a little presumptuous than unbelieving. It's better to take the risk than be proper. Well, I want us to uh, stand up. Worship team, if y'all come forward. For our uh, ministry team will come over here to the side. If you have any pain in your body right now, I just, just raise your hand. Let's, just, let's pray for you. All right, Lord, we thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha. You are the healer. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for your healing presence right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is your time. This is your time, Lord. Holy Spirit, we ask that you lay hands on everyone right now that raised their hand. Release your healing power right now. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, release your power. We declare pain by the blood of Jesus Christ gone right now. Forever ended. Not coming back right now in Jesus' name. We, de we declare the words of Jesus over the pain. It is finished and it has been paid in full. Paid in full right now. In Jesus' name. If you're able to test it out right now, 
test it like if see if the pain has gotten better is gone wave your hand if you had some improvement or the pain's gone improvement thank you Jesus in the back there we have some improvement Lord yes Lord we just declare complete healing right now fullness 100% 100% paid in full by Jesus thank you Lord Holy Spirit touch them Trust the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you'd like prayer for anything, and the ministry team, I'd love to pray for you. But let's, I want us just to offer our hearts to God like, and say, Lord, make me a voice. Let your fire come upon my heart. Let your grace, let the spirit of grace and supplication that come, come upon me. Let that spirit of intercession come upon me, Lord, where we get lost in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Let's worship.